Welcome to Splatbook, the RPG Topics podcast. If this is your first episode, we talk about tabletop RPG design, but we're doing something a little different today. This show is brought to you by the generous contributions of the lovely backers of the Map Crow Patreon. Head on over to patreon.com slash mapcrow and pledge today to so show your support for the show and gain exclusive access to the Map Crow Secret Sketchbook. My name is Kyle, and with me today is my favorite game master, John. John, how are you doing? Well, well, well. If it isn't my favorite overcommitted millennial member of the gig economy. <laughs> so... So, <laughs> and that's saying a lot because there's a lot of you that do this. So, yeah. Well, um, it's, at least I'm your favorite. I'm not the most overcommitted, <laughs> but I am your favorite overcommitted millennial. My no, God. I, but we I, do have a gaggle of overcommitted gig economy workers yes. with us today. <laughs> exactly. I, have, I would like to welcome to the show. So, uh, yeah. Uh, so, my, so, you amateurs who thought just having a successful YouTube channel, being a full time professor, and a podcast with dozens of listeners wasn't enough. <laughs> Kyle also collaborates uh, with these two wonderful people, Amber. Hello, Amber. Hello. And Kenny. Hello. Uh, on a project called Cloud Curio, uh, which does a lot of different things. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Who would like to take a crack at describing the essence of uh, Cloud Curio for me? I'm gonna let Kenny do it because he's the wordsman. Oh boy. <laughs> First of all, I just want to say uh, I do like the intro of your favorite, you know, gig economy. Uh, RPG stir so far. You know, you've just met me, so there's a lot of room for me to <laughs> make it in right here. This is true. Yeah, I, I think it's a contest. Like... By the end of this podcast, I want to be John's favorite. So okay. That's, Every that's time we time. have people on, they are vying for John's attention. I th listen. I we the beginning is a bit like this whole favorite thing is a bit, but everybody takes it so seriously. Every John. time we have people on, John, 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 John. Yeah, I mean, yes, Kenny. Oh, wait, no, Amber. Wait. Oh gosh, let's correct. Oh no. Sorry. Uh, okay. okay. Yeah. Um, so, Kenny, yeah, lay it on us. Tell us about Cloud Curio. So Cloud Curio started as one of many projects that Amber and I were kicking around of wanting to write role-playing games and do role-playing game supplements and technologies and items. It was, it was just another one of our many things we had kicking around, and it really picked up some steam when we talked with our good friend Kyle here and our good friend Sally and that's when it really became uh, what it is which is we make RPG supplements the focus on the tone is we we talk about a range of tones that we cover between whimsical with a hint of darkness and dark with a hint of whimsy and <laughs> we, we, we made have both it, kinds uh, of music country and western yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> Oh, when you say it like that, Kyle, it doesn't it takes the magic out of it? Okay. Oh, well, yeah. <laughs> well, this we is why have, I'm we just have both thrash and carry speed metal. Yeah. So. <laughs> it's it's not that bad of a comparison, and especially when I imagine the booth that we had at Origins, which we'll we'll talk about. Yeah, it's like you can really into. you can really see the spectrum, and you can see people like eyeing from one side of the booth to the other, and how their eyes glaze over or become unglazed as they move from one to the other. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I think all of us have this thing where we like uh, both ends of the spectrum and, and we like this space in between. Um, right. So we've, we've made a few adventures now. We have Monstrous coming up as one of our big projects. 
Um, and we just want to make cool things and to it. Th there's just a lot of joy in, in making these things with everybody right. on board. I was going to say, yeah, you've so had, were, oh, yeah, go ahead. Ahead, I was no, going to say, I was like going to give, so to give like my kind of side of it, uh, it was like, like Kenny said, it was like an idea that we were kicking around. So much like Kyle, I also dabble in the arts. I draw. And so it originally started out as a Kenny pitches something to me. I draw some, draw it and we do it back and forth. But it wasn't until I could make a spreadsheet and start doing uh, tracking where I was like, oh, I'm going to take this seriously. And that's when Cloud Curio actually became a business. We realized, oh, shoot, there's just the two of us we can't possibly do all the things that we want to do on our own. And then Kyle, I met somehow I, Oh, on my own podcast. <laughs> I forgot. I used to do <laughs> podcasts too. I used to do tabletop babble. And so, yeah, Kyle came into my mind and then Sally as well. And then, yeah, we, we, I wrote a contract the end. <laughs> now yeah, here we nice. are. Well, I have a couple, couple follow-up questions. So Sally, I don't know. Um, and what Sally's, well, let me, let me back up even further. So Kenny, you, she sort of hinted at your superpower, which is you're the wordsmith. So most you do most of the writing probably on the Cloud Curio products. Is that fair to say? Definitely so far. Um, I I jumped in because you asked this question of what is your superpower, and I tend to say I'm I'm the punch up guy. I think that's what I'm good at is taking someone else's idea and helping to elevate it. Nice. Um, but uh, at this point, it's like. Um, what I've done for the most part is uh, listen to what Kyle has said and tried to uh, translate it into uh, something that Understandable I... Understandable words. <laughs> Makes not, it sound not... like a Call of Cthulhu cult member. <laughs> the unknowable cosmic Kyle gives to me his untold truths and I transcribe them on goat skin parchment. <laughs> I, I, no, I... I mean, when you say it like that, it sounds really cool. I I think it's more just like... <laughs> I assure you, it is not cool at all. <laughs> I I think um, the thing I'm best at probably at this point is taking these sort of high-level ideas and m turning it into something practical and usable, um, which maybe is something we can talk about when we start talking about the projects yeah. in specific. But like, bring it down to a level where someone can take it and do something tangible with it. Um, which I also have a background in education and that was my big thing in education as well as like giving people the tools they need to do something real. Gotcha. And so Amber, you have, you have multiple superpowers. You not only are an illustrator, but um, you are a project manager. You just, so cloud curio had a Kickstarter, which was for, and let me get it right. It is, Lost and Broken Hearts. Tell me what it, I bought. Uh, it was it was a uh, Sleeping Heart of the Garden and Broken Heart of the Castle, or two adventures. Yes. Um, yeah, superpowers. I I'm trying to just focus on one. Is what <laughs> I, I'm trying to get at right now. And yeah, project management is is something that I am naturally just drawn to do. There's it's like a game for me. Uh, organizing and making sure people have what they need and that we're staying on track and we're being efficient with our energy and efforts and that kind of stuff. Um, that's my big brain. Like the video games I love are like Civ six and overcooked and nice. like, Oh, I don't know. Plants versus zombies is something I've played. I don't even know how many times. Um, so that's, that's what, it, that's what my focus is 
I'm trying to keep it. Graphic design, that's what I went to school for. So all of the art direction and layout and all the graphics that you see on our website, cloudcurio.com, or the layout that you just mentioned for the adventures, the Kickstarter we just did. I did all the graphics for the Kickstarter. I did the layout for the books, the art direction for the books. And then, yeah, I managed the Kickstarter uh, as well and and made sure we uh, would not uh, overspend our money and hurt <laughs> ourselves in the bank account way. So, yeah, yeah that's, and you also. That's and you also just did a, you were a project manager on another unrelated non-Cloud Curio Kickstarter, Tales of the Valiant. She's rubbing her eyes like, yes, we lived. We survived the <laughs> we Tales survived. of the Valiant Kickstarter. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, surprise. I am work for Cobalt Press full time as their project manager. I started out as their graphic designer, but like I said, I, I, I want to keep graphic design and art roped off into a my thing you know mm. like I, if i'm gonna do art and graphic design i want it to be for me um and working for a corporation that has already their set art direction their set style it's like i'm just gonna be following that art direction which is fine i don't mind doing that but uh one of the things i noticed in cobalt press that they really needed was a project manager um, I didn't know I was going to be doing Tales of the Valiant as my, my first like major project. I came on, yeah, no on like, yeah, <laughs> came on like right when the, all the OGL stuff was like all up in air. So I like was finishing up a couple of their projects, tying it up. And then it was like, oh, by the way, Amber, here's, yep, this is the new one that you're going to be doing. So, uh, that's, it's, whew, yeah, we got through the Kickstarter now, now to <laughs> get the book out. All right. And so that leaves us with Kyle. Uh, what's left, Kyle? What what at Cloud Curio does Kyle do? Just out of curiosity. I, I um I, I my my I exist to confound Amber and bark <laughs> uh, meaningless orders at Kenny. Like I <laughs> I, I am nice. a living monkey wrench. Uh, no, I, but I, before we move on, before we move on from from Kenny and Amber, I, I think the 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 thing is that I I I um I I won't I, I'm at the point now where I'm far too busy and far far and and I have a full time job that I won't just like work with any knuckleheads. Like I enjoy collaborating with people, but I like the thing is like when when Amber asked if I wanted to do some illustration and maps for Cloud Curio, I I jumped out of my chair because we had um a chance to collaborate on Old Roads actually. Amber helped me um, um write some NPCs for that and and we had like a very um uh wonderful collaboration with that but also like amber comes to graphic design uh not as a not as an rpg traditionalist but with a a lot of practical experience like in um uh, instructional design from like, you know, um, things like car seats that she would buy at like Target or something like that. Right. So it's right. just like this needs to be very, very clear, clear to the point, because lives are at stake, which is why this has such like a razor clarity to it, yes. um, but also brings in this really fresh style and kind of activates what I see as like this growing trend of, of a focus on layout and just like this thing needs to be usable and very pleasing to look at to stand out in the in in the hobby space right now like and then yeah yeah examples would be like morkborg or um uh one of my mothership like those yes. are two examples just pop to the brain that go those are those are great games but also the layout is something that really made people pull them off the shelf 
Yes, exactly. And I, I think that is um, that's one of the, the best things that you can have uh, right now, uh, almost more than almost honestly more than better art, because if the words are going to teach you how to do the game, how you interact with those words is all communicated through the layout. Oh, boy, yeah. I can go on some major tangents about people's brains and how we uh, immediately look at stuff like we like we just scan, right? Like we're just going to look right. at something and whatever it looks easy and not overwhelming and beautiful and stands out is going to be the first thing that attracts people's eyes because that's just that's just how our brains are geared to anyway. Mm -hmm. So it but it's in combination, right? Like you can't have wonderful layout, but then your game doesn't like words wise instruction wise don't make sense so it's like a hand in hand kind of thing which is why it's great to work with kenny because it's like oh and also sally because oh my god we didn't we haven't talked about sally yet yeah yeah, yeah. I, well, I, I wasn't uh, yeah that, you know I, you're I, not I, done I, sorry yeah, yeah we need okay. to talk about we need to go back to kyle sorry we'll, we'll talk about so, kyle we'll, yeah, yeah so and with kenny um kenny comes uh his writing background is not in kind of like digging through uh you know old rpg books and kind of like trying to capture like the guy gag and uh, nomenclature or something like that. Kenny comes to this again um, as, a, as a gaming insider, but a, as an outsider in terms of like writing and just like really sharp writing some of the best stuff that I have like I've ever read. Uh, uh, and when I when we started collaborating, especially on Monstrous, it was just like, holy cow uh very very rare i can count on on one hand uh the times i have worked with writers that make me feel like my ideas are not good enough to work with them and kenny is definitely uh in there uh so uh we do kind of a, a terrible job sometimes yes ending one another and building uh <laughs> really crazy things that some at some point i get i get I, I flinch before Kenny does. Uh, nice. uh, and, and it's, it's really, it's really marvelous. Um, the kind of creative, it, I, I can't imagine working any other way with any other, um, RPG writer again. I, and, 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 and I, I, uh, that, that um, I feel very spoiled to be working with Kenny. And then, and then Sally is kind of our head editor, uh, mm -hmm. and, and looks over everything and says like, okay, so is this, does this, do I know what this means? Is this clear? And then does like all the language arts stuff that is just totally beyond me with the compound reading di disabilities I struggle with. <laughs> it's just like, I don't even know what you guys are talking about. I'm, I'm sure it's English. It seems to be English. But I I don't know what any of these rules are. Nice, <laughs> so yeah, nice. they're all uh, they're all uh, 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 mutants on 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 <laughs> on on the scale of of Professor X and Magneto in their respective fields. Nice. That's that's how uh, I feel. That's that's the best compliment I've ever heard you give anybody. <laughs> that's amazing. So you guys just went to Origins. Now I've been to Origins one time in lovely downtown Columbus, Ohio. Uh, I actually, my friend Wit lives there and I went there, uh, with him one time. Hi Wit, if you're listening. Um, so yeah, Origins, tell me about it. What did you guys do there? What was in your booth? What did you sell? This, Who this was our first hi? time tabling together, uh, as mm -hmm. Cloud Curio anywhere. 
so it was really exciting. We didn't quite know what to do, so we kind of split up the, the table. So one half was all of the map crow stuff. So we had a bunch of maps, old roads, and the the agnostic teachy RPG prep method, all that good stuff. And like, you know, like liches and 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 eldritch horror illustrations and all that. And on the other half, Amber, why, why don't you describe the visual stylings of what was over on <laughs> Cloud Curio side? Well, okay, so on Cloud Curio side was mostly my stuff. So I have a bunch of my own very, very cute goblin style characters I draw. And so it's all pastel-y, like mint greens and pinks and just pretty colors. So you have one side black and red, one side an explosion of pastels uh, with cute items on that side um, alongside our zines that we, we only had Broken Heart with us for that one. So just one. And yeah, it was our first, it was my first time being at Origins ever. Um, and I knew it to be a more of a board gaming convention so i was really kind of nervous like what are we going to do here like cloud carry doesn't have very much we have kyle stuff um i have a bunch of my merch uh just everything and throw it was like kind of like a throw it at the wall and see what sticks and it actually kind of worked out pretty good in my opinion we had a lot of people come in for the goblins yeah john's so holding up is... one of my adorblins I'm holding up one of her adorable enamel pins, and uh, it has my favorite pun. It's a goblin, and he's literally holding a shield made out of meat. So, <laughs> yep. And it makes me laugh. And his weapon is a drumstick. It makes me laugh every time <laughs> I look at it. So nice. Um. So it it people came in for the goblins, turned around, saw the map crow stuff, or vice versa, and it was a kind of a nice one-two uh punch punch Get yeah it. i if i can jump on too with the the booth setup we had multiple people come in uh who were fellow uh had their own booths in the con and people were coming in saying i love the setup of this booth and that's all amber amber made this great little u-shaped uh booth with tables that invited people into a little storefront almost it was amazing i will Don't say you... yeah go ahead john What's Don't that? you have a storefront somewhere? I've seen. I do. Photos. I do yeah. have an actual physical storefront in Bloomington, Indiana. It's called okay. Cloud Curio. It's right on the square. Um, I'm not as open as I would like because I'm constantly um, going places and doing things. So it's there. It's mostly my studio and inventory space and shipping space. But I do sell some things as a storefront. Um, I will say that I'm a little extra, and in order to I, maybe uh, well i don't know hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I, I i really like planning guys <laughs> so what i did was i actually made a in illustrator a floor plan of a 10 by 10 booth and then one to one scale made it so that i could arrange objects on my little grid map of how the booth would look and i've been to enough cons now as a as a, an attendee and working a booth uh, for Cobalt Press or volunteering at other people's booths. And I am very aware of how like spatial, like me walking into booth, right? You turn around and you knock over stuff because you have a backpack on or it's just not good for people. People will look at your booth and if you're sitting right at the table, they won't want to come up to you because you're you know they're, you're, they're afraid you're going to talk to them. So they just kind of stay away. So I made a booth that made people come into the booth 
for which they could not escape when Kyle saw them touch an old roads, right? Like that was that was the plan. Uh, so which I, worked. I had uh, so uh, all of my muscle memory for because I used to for for about a decade. I was going to uh, comic conventions and selling uh, self published comics. Uh, so, so yeah, Kenny and Amber both got to, to see what it's like to see me working a booth, which is just like, once, once I get a read on, it's just like, okay, is this person, is this person's actually interested or not? The hard sell comes out and, uh, and, and, and it, it was, it, I'm sure it was, it was a, a whole thing to see. Uh, to me activate this whole other side of my personality that is designed only to close the deal. <laughs> I mean, I like it. I don't want to do it. Like I, I would prefer to, to never have to talk to somebody to try to get them to buy something from me. So uh, yeah, thank you, Kyle. <laughs> and it's, it's the thing is like your, your adorable very rarely needed the hard sell. No. Uh, like, yeah, no, nobody needed to, I mean, they were, they were just, there's, there's so many, it's like, it's, it's immediate, like, do I want this thing or not versus like explaining what agnostic does or what right. monstrous will do when, once it's done kind of requires a little bit more flim flam. <laughs> the pin bin. The pin bin. The pin bin. So I put strategically at the end of the booth table on my side, a bin of discount pins, maybe like a hundred or so pins. People just like to rumble, like rustle around a bag of clinkly clankities because that's what everybody did. And I sold like 117 pins from the pin bin, which was nice. ridiculous. So that was my big thing. Let have a pin bin. So can you tell us about your booth experience a little bit? So you had a good time. You have these two. Uh, you've got the huckster on one side and the uh, planner on the other. I mean, it was it was, a, it was just a... a, a joy for me um my mission was to be the gopher most of the time uh it was my own choice uh as was called out i was doing it for my own purposes to run out of the booth um it was really fun um i don't have a ton of con experience period like i can count the number of cons i've been to on one hand um this is my first time at origins it was a really cool convention center very intimidating building to navigate and try to walk around uh this a crazy building um you i had a really I, good time yeah, yeah go ahead I, I ran a game in the in the lower level i ran two games and it was the middle of summer i didn't even think about it i was freezing and so i was up in the vendor area like does do you have a long sleeve t-shirt i need to, <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> i will give you like no sorry yeah probably probably not in july no uh, or no. june yeah um, Sorry, I interrupted you, Kenny. No, it was it was really fun. It was it was fun to do the cloud curio thing. Another thing that I really enjoyed is that um, cloud curio. I don't think we mentioned this in describing it. It's like a like a creator co op almost is how we're imagining it, and like bringing a lot of creators together. So we also had um, Haley, one sleepy mm. beetle, stopping mm. by the booth. Um, and we had a bunch of other people that um, Kyle has worked with, interacted with. We had people I, I already mentioned coming by complimenting Amber and wanting to say hi to Amber. It was just a really cool hub of of people who have interacted at various levels online and in person getting together. And it was neat to see 
it was having the first time of our works being out there in physical form together felt pretty special to me. That's awesome. Now, Kenny, Kenny and I have apparently started a, um, uh, this dangerous habit. So Kenny and I have, have only met like three times uh, in person. Which is one and more than you and I, I think. That might be true. Oh, my goodness. And, uh, and, 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 and two of those three times, we have walked away with like a nearly finished product that just needs some layout. So uh, I, was, I was officiating a wedding in, in Bloomington when Kenny was minding the store. Uh, so all of my free time, I just I went into Cloud Curio and Kenny and I were we, we we a conversation. Basically, I started talking about how I would like to design a prep method that uses all of these zines that have like all this beautiful art that I'll never figure out how to do. And Kenny just starts like going, uh-huh, uh-huh. And like very, very, very slyly just opens a laptop and just starts typing and asking questions. And so by the end of the weekend, we had like most of what became agnostic done and in the can and 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 like ready to go. Uh, so I just had to do layout on that. And then and then while we were minding the the booth at Origins, uh uh we we came up with a game uh called should we talk about it is this where we yeah is we, this should, where we, do, we should drop we should drop we should drop yeah, the egg an, here an, yeah an exclusive <laughs> egg exclusive. Exclusive. Egg exclusive all right uh so so it is a game called ask for egg uh, and it is a bingo card that you work on where you go to different kinds of places that are not grocery stores and ask to see if they can give you an egg for you to cook something with. Uh, uh, okay, I say this game, <laughs> I, I, I I should get credit for some of this, okay? Yeah, I know yeah, you absolutely. said you don't do backstory, but I'm going to tell you this backstory. <laughs> it, it has to be for context. So one year, we went on a trip Kenny's birthday to go skiing. I don't ski. I just sit at the lodge. There's no way you're ever going to get me on skis. It's his birthday weekend. I brought a box of brownies to make. I get to the Airbnb and oh my God, I forgot an egg. Like I brought every other ingredient you need to make boxed brownies, but forgot an egg. So we go to the ski lodge and I'm sitting there. They serve food and there must be a kitchen. So the waitress comes up and I'm just like, I'm just going to ask. Hi, can I, like, this is going to be weird, but can I buy an egg from you? Like, just an egg, like, in the shell. Like, I don't want it cooked. I just want a raw egg in the shell. And she was like, oh, yeah, uh, let me go check in the kitchen. And then she comes back out and she has, like, one of those, you know, plaid-looking picnic basket uh, uh, paper crate that you usually get fries in. She comes out and she goes, here you go. And she gave me two eggs for free. <laughs> for free. I got two eggs so for free. probably so delighted that somebody would ask. Yeah. It, it, it probably it was a story to make, you know, they would tell. But it was exciting. And there's, like, this really good picture that Kenny took of me with two eggs in my hand. And I look absolutely overjoyed, like, over the moon excited that I got two eggs for free. So... You told this for sure. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> you told this story to Kyle, and I then... did, which is and always Kyle... a mistake. <laughs> yeah, and then, yeah, and then basically it just turned into "What if that were a game?" Which is how <laughs> most of these conversations start. I think one of my first interactions with Kyle was not my first interactions, but the first time I became aware of you is you made a a LARP on a card about going to an art museum. 
Yes. And you and your friends are supposed to disperse through the museum, plot a way you're going to you're going to snatch one of the paintings and then come back together and discuss it. So Yes. Yes. You are yeah, you are very it, into world interactive LARPs. I love yeah, it. yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, and also I think... into games that can't exist in the real world. Right. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, there's nothing stopping you from asking for eggs or stealing art. Uh, 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 <laughs> no, I don't know about the second. No, no. One. There's. I mean, there's <laughs> things designed to, to make sure you don't do it again. Uh, yeah. But the first time, the first time, it's a, you're, you'll probably be okay. Uh, <laughs> Uh, kids, the opinions expressed by Kyle are not. Uh, yeah, don't, yeah. don't, don't listen. <laughs> kids, don't go steal art. Um, I need like to just the way something looks. Take it. That's yeah, what I like think. just some context. Maybe off your neighbor's refrigerator, their kids' yeah. art, but maybe not from like the Detroit Institute of Arts. Just, I just need to add that to all starts, the Cloud John. Curio products. Is like any opinions expressed by Kyle. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, we kind of did that because, or I kind of in when you sent me the game itself, because like Kenny actually, we I have in my inbox a game I can lay out here very shortly. Um, and one of the things I do, I read through it. I was like, Oh my God, like I'm thinking about business. Like you could just be reselling eggs. Anyway, that's not the game. Uh, and well, at least that's not for other game. people. That's yeah. the after game. After market, after market eggs. Okay. Uh, anyway, I, I was like reading through this and then like, Kyle alluded to where I used to what I used to do for a job where I was just absolutely steeped in legalese and and lawsuit stuff and high safety products. And I'm like, I like lyric games. I think they're fun. But, you know, some people just have too much fun and will take it too far. And I'm like that off chance it becomes a TikTok thing. And then you got these teens oh, asking yeah. for eggs and being like horrible to you know retail workers or customer support people i don't want this this is supposed to be fun and lighthearted. don't harass yeah, people for eggs right. no, where, nobody where, wants like, to turn this into the next like tide pod challenge thing. yeah yeah. This, uh, yeah so this is this is amber's point of view meanwhile kyle's yelling at him it's map crow spell it m-a-p-c-r-o-w <laughs> on tiktok yeah m-a-p-c-r-o uh yeah i i the thing the thing that i think is is interesting and and kind of like the the thing that ties i think a lot of my work together is like what are what are the unspoken rules that could recreate a really unique situation right so like uh, a lot of people are kind of running things by instinct or tradition uh and without actually like going through okay what are the actual steps we're so much on autopilot and i think there is a lot of poetry and interesting interesting trends to surface through the practice of writing a game even if sometimes like you don't actually expect anybody to play those games or if 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 you know if 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 you know it's there's all there's all kinds of like social political tensions and everything that would make this game really impossible to play for some people versus you know my my you know my experience is, is probably there are no repercussions for asking for eggs at all um go ahead kenny well, I, I think it's a two-part thing. I think it's one, like, what are the unwritten rules that you can, like, rub up against? And two, the important follow-up is where is the delight in doing that? And yeah. Ask for Egg is, like, the perfect example of, like, I the, the, the experience I want to have with it, I want to recreate the experience Amber had of, like, this 
this wait person coming up and asking what we want. And Amber asks for an egg. And this person, like, it's a great story that this person has and probably is retelling to this day of when somebody came and said, can I get an egg? And you get them two eggs and they were so excited. And they took a picture. Like, I think it would be awesome for people to have a, a little bit of that experience too. Nice. Yeah, this is definitely the whimsical side of Cloud yeah. Curio. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, actually, I, so I have. And I then you to... throw it at some cops. No. Well, okay. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> whoa. 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 does not condone the statements of Latino. <laughs> actually i want to i'm gonna do something we don't normally do on this show i want to get to monstrous because it's your next big project but i was thinking of saying something nice about kyle Ooh. and i just wanted to make sure everybody was okay with that so we really kyle are doing something only. a little different today <laughs> wow. no i think just in hearing your descriptions of working with kyle and my own experience with kyle like the one thing you bring, Kyle, that I think is really great, and I think why we all like working with you is a energy, right? You've got this sort of wonderful prankish energy that makes this all really fun to do. And the other thing is a sort of a willingness to just sort of push forward. Because if it were just me, like I've probably been thinking about starting a podcast for a long time, and I like I did a like I filled in for Chris uh, on RFT on Roll for Topic for a couple months when he had his baby. And I was like, that's good. Like, I'm happy. And then you're like, John, let's do a podcast. I'm like, I don't know. And you're like, no, we're doing it. <laughs> you know, and then it just kind of like happened. And I'm and I'm having so much fun. I've learned how to edit audio. Like I've learned all this. So, so the nice thing I want to say is that you do a lot of things. You're a great illustrator and art teacher, but you're a great motivator, but not in like a Tony Robbins kind of way, you know, like, hey, come on this adventure with me kind of way. <laughs> I'm a creative bully. <laughs> No, Kyle. Kyle is is strongly. Kyle is passionate about bringing people together. Like yes. even at Origins, Kyle was very insistent on like, here are all the cool creative people in my life who I think would get along and have cool things to say to each other. Let's all have dinner together and yeah. and have a good time. Like Kyle is very good at uniting creative people that he thinks would have fun together. Okay, I, that was I, weird. I, I, right. I would I know I need to say something positive too. I can't be the only one who doesn't say something positive about Kyle now. Well, because okay. like for me it's like I tend to turn everything into business. You know, like that's just my default mode. And so working with Kyle is like, oh, I can still have fun. <laughs> I can have a project that's just fun, right? Like right. I don't have to turn everything into a thing to produce and we can just get together and be silly and be goofy and it's all good you don't have to be uh overcome what's that kenny i was just i was just thinking as for egg is the ultimate poster child of something that cannot make money yeah yeah and i like that like i like that a lot like it's it's good to have that and i kyle brings a lot of joy and energy to the group and uh and fits really in with the ribbing and yeah we're all yeah i like i like we you kyle a lot i'm glad we're working together <laughs> we should we should print out like a free version of ask for egg uh with the rules on one side and the bingo card on the other side but you can only get it if you turn in a, another coupon that you printed out yourself that's called ask for ask for egg <laughs> <laughs> oh. if you guys want to figure all that out uh yeah. handle all of that that's fine all right yeah Great. i will um uh, did you want to say something, Kenny? I was going to actually move on to Monstrous, but if you, you you were raising your finger. 
uh, this is a tangent, and this could be a cut bit lib potentially. But this is a question for John. Um, I don't. I want no input from Kyle or Amber. So Ooh, okay. try to have a stony face. I can mute here. them if you want me to. I'm in charge here. No, I'm kidding. They 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 can't have a, a facial reaction to this. Okay, I'm not John. Ready. Would you describe Kyle as a sweet person? Absolutely. <laughs> well, well, well. No. no. <laughs> There's been this ongoing dialogue within the, the ranks of Cloud Curio where we're trying to decide who's a sweet person and who is who is not who is is not unkind. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's not that you're incapable of being sweet, but I would not say you're a sweet person. Just for full disclosure, uh, I am the first person who introduced this question, and I would never describe myself as being a sweet person. But I have, and Sally has. So there's there's a lot of there's a yeah, there's a lot of maybe you're uh, more onto something about you know internal internal psychology and monologues than uh, about whether somebody's actually sweet. But that's a, it's, 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 I don't it's think Kenny's sweet, and is. I don't think Kyle's sweet either. So, so, so this is this is this is a fun thing that you can you can do at home is is ask all your loved ones. Do you think I'm sweet? Do you think X person is? sweet? Wow, that's a trap. Don't don't do yeah, that. Everybody in my house is just going to say, "Dad, you're the crankiest person I know." I don't know what you're. Why would you? Ask uh, me? That's that's where I'm at, John. Like that's I see myself as fully that and i love it yeah, there, you there you go it's gonna ask about monstrous monstrous uh is the new kickstarter you're gonna do sometime in the fall you're all involved in it it is a big project somebody tell me amber size uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll sit back uh when you guys want to talk about the spreadsheets and distribution we can talk about that but we should probably start where it came from which yeah is. That's, so, that's that's Kyle, yeah. So Monstrous grew out of Map Crow, um, the Building Better Monsters series that uh, was running for a while on Map Crow, uh, kind of turned into all of these different kinds of conversations and, and and planning out like what a large project for um, for Cloud Curio could look like, and I thought it would be great. Uh, because there's there's everybody's doing all of these um, uh, monster manuals, like, you know, books with uh, uh, you got a picture of a monster and a stat block and then a little bit of like, you know, dungeon ecology trivia and everything like that. And, you know, boom, boom, boom. You got hundreds and hundreds of of, of monsters and dozens and dozens of books just like that. But the one thing that I feel like that these books in in service of combat mechanics oftentimes do not actually give you any tools or ways to think about how to integrate these monsters into the story that you want to tell uh and and they're not really meaningfully different they are just like different different amounts of hit points and different amounts of damage that if they hit you they take away from you uh and then some of them have special powers and some of them don't but we are like no there's a narrative impact to each and in every one of these little weirdos and if you put a lich in your game or if you put a vampire in your game uh it means drastically different things are going to be in your story and drastically different themes are going to be explored by your characters and we wanted to set you up to run that kind of game 
So we have uh, done the opposite of, of, of what monster manuals often do. Uh, we have left out all of the combat mechanics. We assume that whatever game you're running already has all that stuff. And so we have these worksheets that you can work through to uh, build this this monster into your story or build the story around whatever monster you feel like running. Um, that's, nice. that's, that's the, that's the I, short version, I guess. I can't believe I'm going to do this twice. Uh, I'm going to give you another big compliment or all of you a big compliment. You know what I thought of when you, um, and I, you've, I'm sure you've seen it, but, uh, Borges book of imaginary beings. Yeah. And you monstrous and you started showing Amber. Sh oh no, it's, yeah. uh, uh, he's a fiction writer, but him and an artist collaborated like in the late fifties. And it, it reads like a, um, like a sort of zoological manual of Whoa. creatures from like that, like a medieval monk would have put together kind of, oh, but, cool. but they're all made up. Um, nice. And some of them are based in mythology, but not all of them. And so, but it has this same sort of feel like, like it's, it's not really grounded in reality, but it's all about that story of the creature. So. And Borges is, is famous perhaps mostly for his work on uh, short story collections like Labyrinth, which includes a short story called Garden of Forking Paths um, and a, kind of a postmodern magical realist writer. Yeah, he's an Argentinian. We, this probably be in the cut bitlets, but he's an Argentinian writer who he's a fantasist, but also loves all the other genres. And he puts together these. There's one st story that always stuck out to me, The Lottery of Babylon, where... Uh, these people have a lottery, they start a lottery and they start to win money or whatever. And then they start to uh, have, you know, you can have good things or bad things happen from the lottery and the lottery advances and advances until it just resembles regular life again. And it's like oh. this, you know, so, so these sort of sort of surreal, crazy ideas. So, yeah. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So anyway, sorry, a little, little, a little <laughs> I was going to say, I was going to bring my intellect. I was like, it's like that episode of Futurama. <laughs> I was gonna, when they go so far in time, they're just back to the beginning again. <laughs> Actually, yeah, like, Bor I, I have a feeling that uh, a lot of the writers of Futurama are, are very familiar with Borges. <laughs> Uh, yes. So yeah, I, I think I think that would also like the, uh, he and Italio uh, Calvino get kind of lumped in with one another yeah. frequently as well. It's a good um, writer to it's a good writer to pick up if you if you're somebody who's read a lot of fantasy. Um, it's like somebody I would recommend to be like okay if you want to if you want to read you know break out a little bit maybe read read Labyrinths you know because it's fantastic without being a traditional fantasy. So anyway. <laughs> Yeah. That that's the I, stuff I like and I think a big part of Monstrous is like I don't know, making fantasy fantastical. I, I think yes. a big <laughs> there's a a big thing where it's like I understand fantasy too much at this point. Mm. Like when you describe uh dragons and goblins and all this stuff, it's like, yeah, I know. Like they're like squirrels. Um I, I yeah. deal with them all the time. Um, and it's not that they're not interesting in their own right, but I don't encounter them and think, what is going on? <laughs> yeah, and I think I think that's really interesting, Kenny, because Kyle and I talk about that a lot. And I think it's important to our conception of games and narratives that 
is that the wonder needs to come back into some of this stuff. If it's, I mean, everybody's game is different. Here we are equivocating, but our, our sort of goal with a lot of these conversations. And I think with monstrous is to say, these are fantastic, wonderful things that should make your jaw drop and your eyes pop. And we'd like to bring that back to the game. Yeah. I I don't think that should be controversial to say that uh, fantasy should be fantastic. Yes. Um, oh, you can do a sequel called Wondrous. You heard it here first. <laughs> Ooh, Done. That's, that's not bad, that's, actually. Is that, it's really, is that it's really not. Yeah. It's really not bad. Yeah. Uh, so, but I remember Kenny, one of the early conversations we had, we were working on angels, what we were, what our take on angels was going to be. And you had this wonderful introduction that you wrote where um, you said, like, and and their their cloaks are like the stars themselves and their crowns are made out of or are, are, are like moonlight. Uh, and I said, no, 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 no. This is mythological. This is fantasy. Their 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 cloaks are stars. Their crowns are. That is the big difference uh, between kind of like there's in in Dungeons and Dragons. There's a lot of this kind of like uh, 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 you know 1970s 1950s um, uh, pulp uh, science fiction that's kind of built into it so like you know like what is this thing's respiratory system like if it needs to hold its breath for this long underwater or if it's a kelpie or yeah, whatever yeah. there's a lot of that kind of thinking that a lot of those you know writers that we've I talked think, about before yeah. kind of include that we want to eschew we want to we want to bring the Dunsany back into Dungeons yes, and Dragons goes back, oh, it all goes back to Lord Dunsany of course it does you know, but actually I think like yeah, one of the big mistakes, I think, it's not a mistake. I think they did it on purpose. But I, I think one of the things that sort of drew the wonder from it is is I loved looking through this book as a kid. And now I look through it and it seems silly. The Deities and Demigods book, right? Mm. So here you are is Thor with hit points. Thor is a 20th level fighter and a 15th level, I don't know what. And, you know, like... Like, how do you take the wonder out of Norse mythology by except give it hit points, you know, or a stat block? I think, you know, it's it's to to paraphrase uh, Captain Kirk. Why does God need a hit point? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, that famous, famous. That famous. Uh, that's my favorite yeah, episode. Uh, probably my favorite ever. Star Trek um, Space Nine, which I think the one was. Kirk was on. Yeah. Sorry, I have no, I have two two things to comment on. And one is kind of more business project management related. Um, but it ties into kind of how we got to the decision of where it's all story, no stab block. And it was around the time where we're trying to define the container of this book too. Like it's all well and good that Kyle has the art, Kenny has ideas, but I have to put it inside of something. We have to be able to sell it. How is this going to work? And initially, Cloud Curio, at the time of its conception, we were trying to still cater to one of the largest audience in TTRPG, which is 5e, right? So we were doing a lot of stuff that had bought some of these sheets that were like, here's an item for your game. That's right. really cool. But it was narrative. It wasn't stat block. I remember this. Yeah. yeah. And then we well, then we added that we were doing like 5e supplement to it, right? So we would we would have that 5e actual stat blocks and, and mechanics with those options. But then the OGL shake kind of helped solidify that decision. But we were already kind of going like, but that's not really what we like anyway. And if we were to add 
stat blocks and abilities to all of these monsters that we were coming up with, it would be like, oh, now you're adding your page count as well. Uh, it's getting bigger. And so I think at some point in time, I don't know what conversation you guys had, Kenny and Kyle, but there was a discussion about let's just get rid of the 5e and then just do a Mad Lib style sheet. Yeah. Who, who did that? What ended up happening was because um, I I was like, OK, if we're going to if this is going to be a financially successful project, because it's one it's one thing if I'm working on something, you know, like I don't I don't mind taking a bath on my you know creative vision. Like I, I, I don't I don't mind running into the red um, because it's something I want to make in the world. But if, if we're getting other people involved, I wanted it to be financially successful. And I thought the only way to do that was to make a 5e product. And, um, and so I had, I had Kenny like writing up like Lich, like a whole new Lich stat block. That would be our version of the 5e Lich stat block. And, uh, I think Kenny came to me one day and it said, Kyle, this is not sparking euphoric ease within me to do, to work this way. <laughs> not in those words, but yes, that is what I was saying. Yeah. And but we it, realized it, that this was making neither of us happy, right? Right. It was a, it was a mutual thing where it's like, this is not, this is not the vision of this project. The idea is like we were saying to, to introduce that wonder into things. And the more like I have, we have a whole list um, in our, our background documents about what the monsters are and are not in monstrous. And one of the biggest guiding principles that Kyle set down that I love is that they are not scientific they are, you know, there's no taxonomy. There's no description of how they multiply, of what they eat, of any of that stuff. And I think that in large part, when you try to really constrain them using a bunch of fine stats, you're doing that. Um, you may not be talking about the science or you, you might be, but you are constraining what this thing is. And so we're like, it, it was kind of a combination of we want it to be unconstrained. We want it to be fantastical again, but also we want it to be something that people can take and do whatever they want with it. Um, it's an easy thing to say, but um, I, I was thinking about this today because I was getting ready as I was getting ready for this podcast. We're, we're mystifying monsters again. You know, we're, we're saying these monsters are mystical, fantastical, but we're demystifying the process of how do you make something like that? Because the yeah. process, the process is very straightforward. It's like, here are the blanks. Here are the sentences. All you have to do is think about what is fun for you to fill in these few words here, this phrase. Uh, what does this monster desire? Um, what gifts was it given by its Lord? Um, very straightforward answers. But by doing that, you're, you're, you're unleashing the imagination for you and your players of like, what's actually going to happen when this monster encounters the players in the world. Yeah. By, yeah. by changing these questions that, that we're, we're prompting people to fill in the blanks for um, we are, we're kind of like leading you to think about what kind of different story, like if this monster, if this monster has, you know, it, angels all have prophets and, uh, you know, um, uh, chi uh, uh, chimeras all have blood curses, you know, and it's just like it's so you have you have completely different fantasy genres being explored by completely different monsters. Uh, and they're the unified, like symmetrical stat block uh, really kind of obfuscates, if not obliterates those differences sometimes. 
And it also, and and I think we've talked about this maybe a million times, Kyle, but as soon as you make something concrete like that, uh, then it offers an immediate solution. If something is less concrete, then more creative ideas about how to handle a situation or narrative thread become become available. As soon as there's hit points, the thinking goes to, okay, if it has that many hit points and my sword does this many hit points. So welcome everybody to the grumpy 5e haters club. No, <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> well, that's, that's what I think is, is neat too, though, is because, um, so when, as Kyle was saying, when we started monstrous, I was, we started with the lich and I was making a 5e stat block and I was like, this is not sparking euphoric ease, but we've now made our version of it. And afterwards we're like, okay, now let's reverse engineer. Let's let's try to use this in the context of someone who will be using this book. So if you're using it for fifth edition or you're using it for Blades in the Dark, um, which we've done, and it's like, wow, this takes a monster that I'm familiar with and it takes it out of that familiar realm, makes it more mysterious again, but I know what it's gonna do in the story. Like I right. know how I know how to bring it to my players. I know the hooks that I'm gonna put out for them. I know what the cult is going to be doing in the city and how they're going to be trying to further the plot of the Lich as the players are trying to counteract what he's doing. Like all that stuff is there and it, it's just an extra layer on top of these stat blocks that it's going to elevate the game that you have. Yeah, yeah, we want you to think of the narrative concerns first and then you can solve for all that stat blocks for whatever game you're, you already love. Um, right. so, but Amber's been trying to say something for a bit. Well, it's because I, I, I did one point early on, and then now I can talk about number two, which is you yeah, know, we yeah. don't we don't have Sally here uh, to talk about this. But one of the things we talked about, Sally, bringing in this fresh perspective of of making sure it's usable from like a general like someone who because Sally, uh, again, not speaking for Sally, but I know they don't have as much TTRPG experience as me, Kyle and Kenny together. And we all also I think media wise is is a little bit different as well. So having Sally as part of this team to make sure that it is still usable, like Kyle and Kenny, you're love you love you both so much (laughs) but sometimes i just need things to be like taken two levels down to like so i can understand what is being talked about and i think sally is also kind of there with me i mean how dare you i'm saying you guys are so big brain my brain too tiny (laughs) no 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 like no 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 like uh, kyle and i i think kyle said this earlier too it's like we eventually just start going down this spiral of like dark mythical biblical talk yeah. and it's like yeah. it can get out of control pretty quick and, and yeah. here's yeah. sally with like not a, a strong touchstone in in this area or uh, uh christian you know whatever so she so she was like <laughs> christian <laughs> whatever. whatever sorry that you know explains what I mean? my vibe yes. for sure <laughs> christian <Yeah>. whatever <laughs> So then you have Sally coming in reading the Lich, the Paradisium Lich, and Kenny has written this beautiful piece of prose. And Sally's like, what am I supposed to do with this, though? Right, like, right. It's, it's really yeah. pretty, but like, I don't understand how to 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 in, like be actionable with this because I don't they don't get the touch the touch points. And so having Sally on board to kind of be that sounding board and help rain kenny and kyle back and like no no no, we're still making this for it's a passion project but we also want to be able to be usable as a gm tool for as many people as possible so 
That's also a, been going on. This this, I have a writer this book is. Who... Oh, sorry. I, I was going to say this book only only works if it makes a GM's life easier. And uh, Amber and Sally are are really really good at 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 um, making sure that we can put all of our creative energy where it belongs, but also make sure it like actually makes a lick of sense to somebody who is right. whose whose name doesn't belong uh, doesn't start with K. <laughs> yeah, I had a I have a writer friend who. Uh... He sums it up perfectly. He says, write, write drunk, edit sober. Right? Like, so. <laughs> so Kenny and I are just blasted 24-7. That's really good. That's really good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, and then, like, we can kind of, like, pivot even t- to the usability in the layout, right? Like, I, early on, before we even nailed down exactly what the content was going to be, I was working side by side with Kenny as Kenny was developing things and doing layout with Kyle's, you know, thumbnails of what Kyle's vision was for the book. And I was able to create a template for us that is I think very easily to be read still looks beautiful. And it really puts the art at the forefront, which is a huge draw about monsters too. It's going to be a, a beautiful art book on top of as, as well as a GM tool. Yeah. It's, it's going to clock in around like 96 pages and there's going to be art on almost every page uh, by the time we get to it. And and it's all traditional art. I I just, I just finished a a piece yesterday. I love that. Uh, I'm holding it up to the camera, which is great for podcasting. Uh, I I would like to say like, like one problem and we should probably wrap up pretty soon, but one, one, not problem, but one struggle I have with a lot of RPG books is art is expensive. So if it's not your focus, um, you don't get much of it. And and again, Kyle, we've talked about this a million times. Art can set the tone for your game or your yeah. adventure so well. So it's nice to have a it's nice to have a what's going to be a reference material that's focused on art and starts yeah. with art. It's a, it, in in visual storytelling like animation and um, comics. You know um, uh, how you see the story is the story, and in games. Um, that doesn't just mean art. That also means layout. That also means like clarity of writing, like how you how clearly you are able to perceive the creative vision and mechanics of a game is the game. Uh, and and we want we want all of that to be as as crystal clear uh, and 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 unique to us as we can get it. Uh, and so, so uh, far, we're I, I I think I think we really have something. If I if I do say so myself. Yeah, we it's. The only <laughs> current worry I have is all around printing and shipping out to people, which is an, in of itself a unique challenge. Yes. So, yes. and that's that's my world. So, when does so? I was going to ask you my my sort of last question was, uh, what's your target for the for the Kickstarter launch, Amber? Uh, so we uh, should be launching September fifth. Here to hear, Ooh. folks. There's an actual date. It's a Tuesday. Write this down. <laughs> September fifth is the actual actual launch. Probably nine a.m. Eastern or, or noon Eastern. I don't know yet. Um, and it'll, we'll run it for thirty days. Um, anybody who's thinking about doing a Kickstarter, my advice: plan for ridiculous success because that is far more scary than not having it happen at all. Um, so. Kyle and I spent a good amount of time planning for three levels of success. We do okay. I love that. That's we so do, smart. We do okay. We do. We, oh we, my goodness. We, we do. Okay. We spent, we spent like six hours 
talking about like, okay, how many pallets of books is this many sales? And right. what does that mean for where these books need to be shipped? What's, when, what's when, the cubic volume? We were, right, we were, exactly. yes, we were, <laughs> yes. we were doing water <laughs> displacement and bathtubs. It was yeah. very thorough. It got <laughs> real weird. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Some rituals were cast us, but no, it was, it, it, it's, it's one of those things where I think people like, Oh, I'm doing this awesome project, but then it gets to this part where it's like you're unprepared for and one of the things that i also say if you're ever doing a kickstarter be simple like in your reward tiers and i would never do add-ons and if you're gonna do stretch goals make them freebies you can stick in your book because we're trying to make this a, a thing that we walk away from not hating hating anything right like i don't want to get to the end and then i'm just like oh my gosh i never want to do a book again because that would be I, I, I like it, everything up to this point, but this part has always yeah. been such a headache for people. Um, and usually it's around the um, not planning for the the Mac, like a, a huge success and then also making their fulfillment really complicated. Yeah. Um, uh, like Free League, who is a company I really respect, they they produce a good game and, and get it out the door quickly. They're still delivering stuff for the One Ring Kickstarter. And right. that thing ended like, over a year ago you know yeah. so yeah i mean I, who wants to yeah you don't want to be delivering monstrous extras when you've already done wondrous and um wait what's the other sequel adventurous yeah <laughs> <laughs> right like we and so we, we we planned that very well too like the book is is we're in a good place like the idea is once the kickstarter closes uh we can go to press like that's our plan like i love that uh, and even if we don't we have a uh have at least a couple months to to get to press so and you've shown you know how to do that because you did it with um the adventures yep yep so yeah that's definitely a big thing like uh i've got the utmost faith in amber because amber has done it uh for her own projects and now we've done it for one of ours and things have gone really smooth overall and that's yeah yeah, that's all, a, Amber. That's, I have nothing to do with that. Thank you. Thank now, you. if that I mean, artist would just turn in his pages, we'd, <laughs> oh uh, we'd all be all set. <laughs> the worst. <laughs> I would say that's definitely the thing that I surprised Kyle with a lot of times is like, I make choices. And then he's like, why did you do it this way? It's like, because X, Y, and Z. Oh, like, yeah. yes, Kyle. I've thought like, I wanted to do a Kickstarter in February. So we have a Kickstarter presence and we show that we can do it so that people have faith with us. Plus, we have people now who backed that project who can then potentially back this project and blah, 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 blah. blah. And Kyle is just like. And, and I have to say, I have to say, like when I see I've been burned by enough RPG Kickstarters. Mm. So when I see this person has done projects before on Kickstarter, I'm like, OK. But our, our Kickstarter pre-launch page, do we know when that's? I'm, I'm building it right now. Ooh. So we are behind schedule on that just because I got uh, inundated with travel and and, and uh, a con <laughs> uh, and uh, and my life and this other this other tiny little kickstarter you have yeah to be this for. other giant full time <laughs> yeah that kickstarter um and so we should have i hope a page a pre-launch page mid-july so awesome uh hopefully july 17th i think is what i have plans for so the big takeaway is going to the cloudcurio.com signing up for our newsletter and you'll be kept up to date on yeah yeah the latest. You can also get a, a preview packet uh, for Montres. Yes, yep. that shows off how the book works. We have two monster cores in there: the Lich and the Celestial. 
Uh, we will have the dragon as part of the preview packet eventually. All that work is done. Um, so what? it is. Dragon. Yeah. I was unaware of the dragon. Dragon. Oh, oh yeah, another, just needs some another, art is what it needs. Another exclusive <laughs> drop. Uh, Splatbone nice. exclusive. Nice. Awesome. Well, super exciting. I'm super excited, and I'm so glad you guys could join us. Yeah. And tell us all about this. This is super exciting. And remember, the monsters of this world are mythicized, pre-scientific fears made manifest. They prey upon the weak, the foolish, and the unfortunate. The monsters and the darkness of the world itself stand as a challenge to our heroes who find meaning in battling these terrors. Splat Book is a proud part of Roll For It Media. Be sure to check out our sister show, Roll For Topic, which is available wherever fine podcasts are purveyed or by visiting their website at gmdiscussions.com. And please leave us a five-star review on your podcasting app of choice. It really helps people find the show. Contact the show by sending us an email at splatbookpod at gmail.com or by leaving us a 90-second voice message on the Splat phone by visiting bit.ly slash splatphone. You can follow me on social media at Kyle Latino on twitter.com or by subscribing to my YouTube channel, MapCrow. And you can follow John in your hearts. Our intro track today was Double Trouble from the sixth album by Soil in Pimp Sessions from 2009. And our outro track today was Pavo from the 1973 album by Freddie Hubbard, Skydive. Now stay tuned for some cut bitlets. Nice, yes. nice to meet yeah, you. Yeah, hello. Nice John. to meet you. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> in, in other news. And and you can correct me if I'm wrong. I know I'm not wrong about this first bit. Uh, no, no words are generally not a part of this podcast. No, I mean it's funny sometimes. Like uh, Kyle will will drop one, or I'll drop one just as a joke. Because like if it's just one or two, I'll just beep them out. Sure, uh, but we generally don't go for explicit just because. Thank you, Kenny. Our, our audience is, no so, <laughs> is so small already. Like if we were <laughs> dub the explicit tag. Yeah. One, from, one of our one yeah. of our three listeners uh, likes to listen to this in his minivan on his way to soccer practice. So <laughs> yeah, uh, so we like to okay. let the little ones. I mean, Here. yeah, I mean it's it is slightly less excruciating uh, and cringy for if we, if we don't swear so much. Uh, and then the 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 second bit, and again, correct me if if I'm if this is a misapprehension. This is an amber thing. Um, we're not supposed to be like. Uh, dragging anything or, or avoiding like being negative yeah, we on try to things, stay basically. positive oh yeah, yeah that's me number one positive person okay uh that you know we uh we ex it's not that we don't drag things it's just maybe we spent here's what i would say we spend too much time 
equivocating about how good something is before we trash it. That's how we're, that's our general approach. Yeah. Sure. We, if, if you're going to, if you're going to say as and really all of this is just about five E we don't yeah. want to ruin yeah. our core <laughs> audience of five E <laughs> players. Uh, and that's what all of this is about. We, we have, we have thrown almost everything else into the dumpster without warning. Uh, it's just five E that gets <laughs> yeah. the special, Wait, the special wow. kid gloves. Yeah. Strike that. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and I, you know, it's one thing I said I was going to, I didn't tell you I was going to ask you about Amber. I'll probably sometime in your intro ask you about um, Tales of the Valiant and how that went, if you want to oh, talk about it. But yeah, what, I don't know how much I can, wanna... I don't know how much I can talk about it, but I will probably give high level. I can, I can talk about that kind of stuff, but yeah. Yeah, we may just say, hey, congratulations, uh, yada, yada. I could talk about exciting. being a, a project manager just like, oh, yeah, your first project that you're going to be managing. <laughs> 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 All right, cool. <laughs> I like to think that we we stress tested the process for you of progress, yes. uh, of, 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 of process management because we or project management because we we were like at the very beginning, we were very we was like herding cats trying to unify this vision. Uh, we were just kind of like all feeling around the, in the dark uh, yeah. for a long time uh, with various projects. So I, I imagine that was a pretty good training session. Yeah, uh, I mean, we, I mean, let's not discredit like the eleven years of working at a really big other corporation. That's really helped. No, me. I think it was only in Kenny. I think it was only <laughs> in Kenny, and you're welcome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, because like before you guys existed, I didn't exist. Hey, Nothing Amber, prior. we don't we don't do backstories on this podcast. Oh. Yeah, we, just, we don't really do. That. Oh, okay, I see. Uh, <laughs> uh, on the on the yes anding thing, I actually I had a coworker who who the other day turned yes anding on its head in such a delightful way. Like like we had been asked to do some massive thing in a very short amount of time, and he said he said yeah I like to yes and that, and I was like tell me more. He's like yeah, well like for example, hey I want to start a colony on Mars. Yes, and <laughs> it'll cost us billions of dollars. <laughs> so oh yeah, anyway. Uh, anybody Good. besides Kyle get COVID? Kenny, did you get COVID? <laughs> I did not know. No, I didn't either. To my to my knowledge, I, I yeah, tested Kyle, negative you, throughout. Yeah, yeah, you're you're uh, you're not allowed to go out in public anymore, Kyle. But anyway, look forward <laughs> to seeing me at Gen Con. Uh, <laughs> I'm Ty already going to schedule like will be set up next to me, signing photographs. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and COVID vaccine cards. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Yeah, I'm I was gonna, surprised. I'm glad. Yeah, I'm going to schedule a guest for the week after Gen Con. Just, uh, you know, I'll just, just do that. Time. Just do that. <laughs> They'll be your favorite anyway. Well, let's take out. We're uh, we're at about 45 minutes. Let's talk. Let's talk about Montres. Mon Montro Montros. Let's talk about Macross. Let's talk. About <laughs> <laughs> well, they took two different animes and kind of spliced and them together because yeah. each miniseries wasn't quite long enough to put into yeah. a 24 episode syndication. And that's yeah. where you get Macross, which uh, yeah. uh, <laughs> I love that. I, there's nothing I like better than fighter planes walking around with guns. That's like the best yes. idea ever in I, anime. I so. unabashedly love that show. So. <laughs> I do, too. You can actually get models for that show. Did you know they still make that? Huh. Anyway, that's another oh, yeah. story. Um, okay. No, I was going to ask about. <laughs> um, anybody want well, to do a? Uh, Amber doesn't know because she doesn't listen to the show. Anybody? Do you have one, Kenny? I do. 
All right, oh. let's hear it. And, and remember. So we always go and remember. And like, I do. I had one pulled up. Okay, Holy let's hear it. Let's hear it. What? All right, are you ready? Yeah. And remember. Wait, hold on. Before we that, hold on. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, so I said thank you for coming on. Does anybody else want to say anything like closing words before that? And then we'll do the end, remember? Thanks, John, for having me on. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. <laughs> That's all I got. Thanks. Uh, I, I feel awkward now. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Made it weird. Good job, John. I guess we know Amber's not John's favorite now. Yeah. Oh! Right, let's see if Kenny... Also, well, also, I I, the, I, the, I I totally busted Kenny's groove, so now his and remember. This yeah. is great. Sorry, man. Oh no, right. I I got it. So, all right, let's hear it. Let's hear it. Yes, perfect. Where did you pull that nonsense from? This is the tone and style section of Monstrous. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Kenny, Kenny wrote it. <laughs> what a very flex! Nice. At the very, very end. Nice. All right, Kenny, you want to do this? I'll do this if you do want it. to do this. Do I it. want to do it more than anything. It's a question of, does Amber want to stick around for this? What is it? Dark We're Tower gonna... talk. Oh, yeah. boy, I'm going to go. Yeah, okay. that's, that's, that's why, that's why I wanted right. to ask. So I just closed well, thank this you. tab. Yeah. Yeah, nice to meet you. Yeah, nice to meet you, too.